0: Once again, this is Nuance, and I am Mike Scala, joined, as always, by Jay Carter, also known as Timid, the hip-hop artist and the chair of BLM Tokyo. What's going on, Jay?
1: Uh, having a, I have an allergy morning, but other than that, it's a regular day so far. It is only 8 a.m., so I can't really,
2: <laughs>
1: can't really decide if it is or
0: not. So, how about well, yourself? I am doing quite well. Um, You mentioned it's 8 a.m. where you're at. This is the first time the three of us are in different time zones, all three of us, because I am in Mexico where it's central time. And Sheba Abraham, our co-host from the League of Women Voters, is in New York where it's Eastern time. So 7 p.m. where you're at, 6 p.m. where I'm at. And he mentioned it's 8 o'clock in the morning over there in Japan. So... Thanks to the wonders of technology, we're all over the world bringing new nuance. What's going on, Sheba?
2: Oh, nothing so much. Everything, I've been very busy um, for the summer. This has been one of my busiest summers ever. But other than that, everything's yeah. going well. Yeah. Okay. Yes.
0: All right, well, I have been in Mexico for the past week. I'm leaving tomorrow to get back to New York. And,
1: Here, I'm in New York.
0: Yeah, of course. I want to show you the view and i would have been sitting outside but it would be too bright and you wouldn't get to see me so i do want to take the laptop outside for a second so you can see the view right outside my balcony here so check this out let's let's, let's see if we can do it nuance on the move <laughs> now
1: how long have you been out there in mexico about a week now
0: for a week oh
1: Yes, lovely.
0: That's the, yeah. Right beautiful. behind me is a dolphin pool. Oh, there's dolphins in that water. Did you go swim with the dolphins? I did not because there was an extra charge, and that was one of the things that I was doing this week. So, this is an all inclusive resort. Let me shut this.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But the game that you play here is they try to upsell you on everything, right? Uh So it's all inclusive, but as soon as you arrive, they try to give you the premium, whatever, right? So you're at a restaurant, they come by with a list of premium wines. You know, you're at the pool, the pool's all free, the beach is free, but then it's a premium to get to play with the dolphins, right? So I was playing this game all week where I'm like, I am not gonna pay extra for anything, I paid for the all inclusive. I'm not going to be upsold on anything, right? All so right. they come out with a little brochures. You know what I mean? No, nope, no, nope, no, nope. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I actually did get to swim with dolphins in Key West, or actually, uh, Key Largo, it was. So I got that experience already. But even though I wasn't going to jump back in there, I did get to see them plenty of times. Are we still running?
1: Uh, You're frozen. Your voice is still going, though.
2: Yeah.
1: The camera's frozen. Oh, well, looks like uh, we lost Mike.
2: Oh, we lost Uh,
1: him. Now he's back.
2: back. Oh, okay.
0: We are back. Yeah. Uh So that's been a game I was playing. In fact, I tried to even calculate the cost of... The all-inclusive how much extra you're paying per day are you really saving or is it costing you more money and i think it's a bit of a toss-up it really depends on how much food and, and how many drinks you're going to get i do think that i probably come close to it on average and even if it's costing a little bit extra i think it's worth it because you just feel like you can go into any restaurant any bar and just get whatever you want and not worry about the price right it's it's a relaxing way to spend a week not thinking about money Mm.
2: oh okay
0: is that is that since it's all you inclusive, guys are frozen in time i can't see i hear you really oh you just froze Jay.
1: yeah uh, um so since it's all inclusive does that mean like you can go into any of any of the bars on the resort or or restaurants and just eat um all you can eat that's right Ooh. Yeah, you could you could uh, do some damage there. You can get uh, gain some weight off <laughs> of that. All right. Especially if the food is
0: good. Uh-huh. That's, yeah, that's... Definitely. they do have a gym as well. And so I did manage to get a few workouts in this week. Too. It's actually a pretty oh, nice yeah. gym for a hotel gym. They've got a lot of machines there. The one thing I'll say about this place is it's very Americanized, right? So this right. is Cancun. And it's actually my first time in Mexico. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, I still feel like I haven't been to Mexico, right? Because Uh I did spend the week on this resort. I had family here. Usually I would go venture out and maybe take some tours, sightsee, see what's going on outside the resort. But because I had a lot of family here, we did end up just kind of staying on the property. And that was cool. But the property does go out of its way, I think, to make you feel like you're in the U.S., right? Like everything is oh, in English, no. even the music in the gym, everywhere you go, it's all American music, the restaurants, they, they have like one little Mexican spot on the beach, but most of the restaurants are, you know, Italian or Asian, or uh-huh. uh, it's like a, a, an American style diner. And they, they really try to make you feel like you're in the U S so it, by some metrics, this kind of feels like Miami or just any local beach spot you would find in the, in America. Right. So if you're looking for an authentic Mexican experience, you probably not can get much of that here but it's cancun you should expect that in cancun cancun is like the disney world or the las vegas of, of mexico right it's a very touristy area
1: right it's been and it's been like that for decades like it's been a a big des, what a vacation destination for people from the united states right. so it makes sense that they would have things that are, are catered for that because that's i think it's probably the biggest uh tourist population that comes through is from the united states going
0: to right right and that's the other thing most people you see here i believe are americans there was a large group of koreans actually from south korea who came in yesterday there might be a wedding or something that they're attending i'm not sure but for most of the week it's been mostly to be honest white americans here you know not a whole lot of diversity you did see some you know and 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 i did notice that again i'm going to mexico you know I, i want more of a mexican experience i want to see more culture more diversity more you know but this particular resort i guess is one of the priciest ones in cancun and so Mm. you are seeing um a ton of white americans here and that's just kind of kind of the the demographic that they serve at this resort you know
1: right right yeah but other than that it seemed, are you having a good time there? It looked like the weather was was good.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And when I first got here, I think I was still in New York mode because I was thinking, okay, what do you really do here? Is a week too long oh. to spend here? Because there's the pool in the middle of the property. There's the beach, of course, it's right on the Caribbean Sea. And then you got the restaurants and the bars. But aside from that, there's really not much going on. I do like a little show, but not really, not a show show, but like, you know, like they have like some people do a little theatrics, acrobatic stuff on on there. but. Oh. For the most part, it's just really the pool and, and the food and, and the drinking, right? So oh. I was thinking I was going to get bored, but the week did go by pretty quickly. It helped that I had family to spend it with, so it was really just the like, time away with family, you know. Oh, uh, I do think a week is is a good length to, of time to spend here because I'm ready to go back already, you know. Like I already tried really? to, I tried to at this point a couple times. How how many times can you go to the pool and just sit there and that's like the same? It's like deja vu every day, right? I think after a week, for me at least, it starts to wear thin yeah okay yeah i mean you can go swimming go exercise
1: i guess it's probably probably full of people so you probably can't get l- good laps in
0: you not swim right no the, first of all it's very shallow water Um right. it's right. very very crowded but they do have a swim up bar so i mean it's really more of a lounging pool you go there you get a drink right. you sit down mm-hmm. guys, just chill you know a, a, again for me at least fun for a week right and now it's like yeah, i've been to all these restaurants i've been to the pool every day for a week i want to get back to getting Things done and feeling productive.
1: (laughs) Yeah, got you. Got you.
0: And and actually, for the past couple of days, I've been trying to do some work while I'm here. So, right. I thought you were on
2: vacation. You're working.
0: Yeah. I mean, work never stops, though, for me. I I feel like I'm always on vacation and never on vacation, if that makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm.
2: it's
1: It's unlimited. Can you, uh, can you, before you leave, can you just go to like these restaurants and like shove a bunch of takeout into your bag so that you can uh, <laughs> take a lot of it with you?
0: Well, you sit down and. You...
1: Oh. looks like I'm losing it.
0: You, order, but you can order whatever you want. You order a couple of items from one restaurant and then go to the next and order some more if you want. True, sure, true, sure, true. Sure. You know, and also tips are included too. So you do. Sometimes tip for exceptional service, but they tell you that when you pay your all-inclusive rate, the wait staff is tipped as a part of that. And so that's nice mm. too. They're not expecting big tips. One of our friends actually went to Cancun earlier this year to a resort that wasn't all inclusive and he said he spent more money on tips than anything because everyone he came in contact with was expecting the tip and that really drove up his budget. So I think probably doing the all inclusive is worth it, you know, even if it even if it balances out, maybe you come out a little bit behind depending on how much you're going to get it's for that peace of mind right you just feel like you're on vacation and not, not have to worry about paying people things right you go to a restaurant order whatever you want don't think about the prices that's always nice
2: yeah that is.
0: so sounds good glad yeah, you're having a good time i would recommend it if i do come back to cancun i'm probably going to look to do some sightseeing i wanted mm-hmm. to see the pyramids you know they've got the the uh, ruins as i think there's right. an aztec one and a mine mm-hmm. one kind of mm-hmm. close by so i wanted to take a look at that didn't really get a chance to do any of that but it was fine. You know, this, this, this was definitely a different type of vacation for me, one where I stayed on the property as opposed to venturing out. So if I come back, I would probably want to do some exploring. But right. this was But you can grateful. tour it,
2: right? You have tour guides. You,
0: you can have, get tours. Like- yeah, right. I think also part of it was because I did the all inclusive thing. So I wasn't trying to spend money on anything. I was like, right. let, let me really milk this and just take <laughs> advantage of all the amenities that come with the all inclusive price. <laughs> it makes absolute sense to me. Yeah.
2: So
0: uh-huh. well, we'll be flying out tomorrow. I'll be back in New York. All right. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I think I mentioned last week that it was a cousin of mine who got married here. So that's why I came. So that's why I had a lot of family around as well. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh-huh. And it's funny because I'm in Cancun and I'm looking at the Dolphins on my, the, pool, uh, in the pool outside my balcony here and while that's all happening, there was a shark attack in Rockaway. Now, Again? Yeah. So there's this picture. Let's see if I can do a share screen here because people thought that this was a shark or potentially the shark. That was the culprit. But now the word is that this is likely a dolphin. So this was off the coast of Breezy Point earlier. See if I can share screen this, because they had closed the beaches thinking that the shark was on the loose. And and I guess it still is on on the loose, they haven't caught it. But when this emerged, they said, oh, the shark might've been spotted off of Breezy Point. I think it created an additional panic and the beaches were announced closed.
1: So they say they they're thinking that the the dolphin the shark is actually a dolphin.
0: No, no, no. There was a shark attack, but there was a picture yeah. that surfaced earlier of what looked like a shark by Breezy Point, and they thought, oh, the shark is still around and and uh-huh. you need to get uh-huh. off of the beach. But now they're saying that was the dolphin. I don't know why. If they got I sharks in the will- area,
1: you definitely want to bring some dolphins around. Because dolphins will kick a shark's butt. The dolphin don't shark's <laughs> yeah. They do, they um charge them the way that they they fight them, they charge them and they ram them with their noses.
0: And uh, yeah, they they kick sharks' the butts. I don't know why the share screen option isn't even here, they used to be here. That's all right, yeah.
2: Well, well speaking of shark attacks, did you see um the vid- The YouTube or the video that went around it. about this man being attacked in it um, Egypt, the shark ate him alive. No, that
0: that's very depressing. Have not seen that. There it is. So, yeah. if you can see on my screen, there's a fin popping out of the oh. water there. Right over here, they're saying that that's likely a dolphin, not the shark, but. This was a very real shark attack in Arbor. I think it was Beach 59th Street. And it bit much of a woman's leg off. She was a 50-year-old. Mm-hmm. woman. They took her to the hospital. She was reported to be in critical condition. They were saying she would likely survive, but obviously she's going to deal with this very serious problem. I don't know what's going to happen to her leg. Um, so there were two shark attacks? And no, one in Rockaway. Oh, yeah. Sheba Sheba mentioned somebody in Egypt. I think
2: right was eaten alive by a shark. Okay. It's been all. It's been uh, posted all this week. People right. have been talking about it. Yes, uh, yeah. and it was a tiger shark that ate the man alive.
0: Well, so he this ended- is right. So, so the Rockaway one. There was an expert who was consulted on this, and we don't have, I don't think, a lot of conclusive information about the type of shark yet, but from what was reported there was a shark researcher behind the international shark attack file who was saying that it absolutely was a shark bite and he suspects it was caused by either a bull shark or a juvenile great white shark and that's being reported by uh, katie mcfadden so that's scary to think about great whites yeah
1: right um james in the chat said uh he heard that there were two shark attacks in rockaway Uh, um he hasn't specified but he said was there one shark attack or two i heard there were two
2: i heard about
0: one but what i heard today was that there was allegedly a shark sighting by breezy point uh, and that's why because because they had closed the beach i think i heard yesterday the beaches would be closed until about 11 a.m today and then Mm -hmm. earlier this afternoon they were saying the beaches would be closed again i think because they found or they thought they found the shark swimming by Breezy Point. But now they're uh-huh. saying that, that was likely a dolphin. But, but so they don't know, you know where it is, I guess, or how close it is uh, at this point. But there was that shark attack yesterday. And the thing about that also, I spoke with the lifeguard. And Jay was mentioning before we came on here, we know the lifeguard personally. She's a friend of ours. She was saying that this shark attack happened only 10 feet out so mm. they were 10 feet from the beach where they got bit. Right. it wasn't like they went out far into the right, water right. The yeah, that's the cool. it was really right up on the beach
2: yeah it was yeah
0: that's very close 10 feet is, yeah, yeah. is. very shallow oh. water
1: there yeah. shout out to the lifeguards who uh you know go out amongst that like that's you know people try to get out and and, and get away from it but a lifeguard uh-huh. has to go and try to save people around that type of issue scenario Uh so uh someone in the chat jack this in the chat said that bull sharks are more aggressive than great whites and are responsible for more bites so let me like we we there was a similar story i believe it was last summer um when we were doing the show and we um talked about uh it was a shark attack or shark sighting um so this is two years running like does that mean that this is gonna be a new a new normal for for Rockaway? Do you think?
0: Well, I think anytime you hear a story of a shark attack or even a shark sighting, it gets a lot of attention and it generates some fear and paranoia. I think that all comes from the movie Jaws many years ago, right? It's still kind of part of our culture. It's statistically not likely to happen to anyone. Of course, when it does happen, it's very scary, right? but i think we need to keep the stats in perspective you're really not likely to get bitten by a shark there are so many thousands of people who go into the water every day in the summer and you hear about one shark attack and it's very scary and it's talking to town but again look at the thousands of people who were not attacked right there was actually an article that came out earlier that said that you're more likely to be bitten by a new yorker than a shark (laughs) so yeah I, i can see that um but i'm just thinking like if if, you know
1: there must be something that's changed the shark's behavior so that they're coming to the they're coming
0: to this beach around these people this close to the shore 10 feet is incredibly close and i think i think that is a cause for concern obviously i'm not an expert i'm I'm not a marine biologist like george costanza right but here's one thing that i did hear, and i think i heard this maybe last year since covid you are seeing different patterns in Mm -hmm. the sea When it comes to the wildlife because uh, a lot of activity stopped for those two years or whatever it was right so people weren't on the boats as much and they weren't fishing as much they weren't out there as much and so that i guess emboldened some of the sea creatures to come closer than they normally would Mm -hmm. because in the past maybe they thought that there was too much human activity there and they stayed away
1: right and 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 realistically it could have been um us our activity, human activity, could have been what altered their original behavior. Uh, absolutely. And absolutely. so then when humans were gone away, they went back to what they normally would do. And, you know, that hasn't, you know.
0: Well, yeah, normally. Recently- right, right. Without humans being present in the waters, the, the whole water is theirs. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Now it's like, you know, all these, these boats and this, this commercial activity, all the ferry activity, all the stuff happening. By the shores right. and by the beaches and by certain areas, right? It, yeah, it, I think it did keep a lot of that sea population at bay, no pun intended.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, what's up, Taz in the chat? He says, "My question: Why is this a discussion? That's their home. We aren't supposed to be out there messing with them anyway."
0: <laughs> well, but, but here's, here's the, the thing, Rockaway's yeah, economy is very much dependent on people coming to the beach. I mean, it's a beach community, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so we need to talk about it. And I think part of right. the discussion is to not scare people, right? Be honest and forthright about what's happening, but put it in perspective as well. And hopefully it won't stop people from going to the beach. But you know what? We do want to be vigilant about this. And there was talk about drones to keep an eye on the sharks and Mm -hmm. try to trace Mm -hmm. them right try to follow them so it is something we need to be mindful of just because it's rare doesn't mean that it's not an issue right so Mm -hmm. there's that too. i think talking about it is important to kind of provide this perspective and what we might want to do to address it right i mean
1: birds tend to stay away but you know if you're talking this you know 10 feet off of the off of the beach is is very very yeah. close um and so people definitely should be especially if you've got you know not only yourself but your family and children in the water you yeah, want to be sure. definitely want to be vigilant about that and yeah. you know it's it's a funny question um coming <laughs> coming from Taz cuz I know Taz from uh Hawaii uh, where we both lived at um and spent a lot of time on the beach there um and so you know we tend to get into the water. I mean, especially if you're in a beach community, it's part of your environment and it's part of the the, the cell of the place. So, yeah,
2: yeah. But you know that, and then with that uh, shark attack that took place in Egypt, it was the um, the young man was 23 years old, which was even sadder. Um, mm-hmm. But he was swimming with his girlfriend, and she was able to return, and they weren't that far out either. But she was able to return, swim fast enough to get away, but he was not. And Mm, it was like pretty shallow waters. He wasn't that far out.
1: Right. Some sounds like we might have some sort of negotiation with the sharks to say, you know what, Uh, you you should not come in this far. We'll we'll not go out this far. You can't come in this far. Let's have some kind of negotiation
0: here.
2: But are they coming in because they're looking for food?
0: We should post signs up in the water.
2: Right. Yeah. But, but, but you got to put them underwater
0: so the shark can read right. them. They got
1: to be underwater. <laughs> right, right.
2: But 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 when they come in, are they looking for food? Are they hungry? What's what's happening that they are attacking people?
0: Uh, uh, I don't know.
2: What, what happens? What's happening yeah. with the shark?
0: they probably feel in? threatened that we're in their space.
1: It, it could be. And, you know... Who knows? It could have just been like like we talked said earlier. Maybe it was because there's been less activity of humans over the last couple of years, and so they're just exploring this area, and then humans pop up, and it's
0: like you know now we're in a fight or flight type of situation. You know, right? I think there was more equilibrium in the past, right? Where it just kind of settled and. You know, we joke about it, but there kind of was yeah. that understanding, for lack of a better word, where the sharks wouldn't come so close. You know what I mean? Because this, people were all up in that spot. I think because things calmed down over the past few years, it disturbed that equilibrium and hopefully we'll will reach one again. I mean, if people keep going to the beach and you still see that activity there, then maybe it will push sharks further out again. It, yeah, it could be. Yeah. So but yeah,
1: I would be, I would definitely be, be wary of it. Um,
0: yeah, honestly, me personally, I don't really go into the water that much anyway. I don't really like it. I don't like the sand on my feet. I don't like stepping in the the seaweed and jellyfish. And it's just, it's not comfortable to me. It's not that I'm afraid. It's just not like, you know, I'm more of like a laid back kind of Stress free, calm kind of guy. I don't want to deal with stuff that's going to annoy me or angry. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's annoying to me to, de- to deal with that. Or even yeah. like you know plastic or a little whatever it is. Like people's trash. Like you, you just get stuff all up on you that you don't need. So like I don't I don't I don't want that. I actually just walked into the Caribbean Sea over here because I'm in Cancun. Why well, wouldn't you? Um, there were thousands of it, and this is funny because I don't know if this happens normally or if this is a post-COVID thing as well. There were thousands of fish that started to surround me the little small ones when i stepped into the sea and i'm talking about like two feet off of the beach right right thousands of fish and then i saw like a swordfish like i don't know if it was a swordfish but it looked like a swordfish but it was like maybe like this big with the long pointy nose and it swam right in front of me and i'm thinking like why am i here in this habitat that clearly is not my habitat i don't belong here to taz's point like i'm in i'm in land. i'm interrupting their school right this was a school of fish I am clearly an intruder in their school, right? Like they're doing their their school shooter drills or whatever that they're doing right now because I'm in their space. And so I got out right away, went back to the pool to swim my bar. I'm like, this, this is where I belong. You know, <laughs> I don't need like to be in the habitat. Um, imagine, imagine all other fish in the school, like
2: predator, predator.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're ringing the alarms, all <laughs> right? They're like to hide under desks. Oh, well. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, I would have had a net. Catch some of those fish, and boy,
0: you wouldn't be in those. These are like, like little guppy, whatever you call that's them, right. like little goldfish. And that could be.
2: I'm not going to make a sandwich.
1: <laughs> it could be that um, that do people
0: feed those fish there, and that could be yeah, you know. true. I, I don't know, maybe. But what was happening also when was when a wave would crash on the beach, it would bring the fish with it, and then you would have the birds, pelicans, would come down and eat uh-huh. the fish off of the beach. Wow. So maybe it's just part of the normal thing and fish fish have yeah. gotten
1: humans being there. There's a beach like that in uh in uh Hawaii called uh, Hanuma Bay. And um you would go down there and you could swim swim and snorkel right there, and it's really right off the coast. The water is shallow and fish will eat, you know, people feed the fish and they'll eat right out of your hands. And so they're just so accustomed to people being there in, in the water that that they don't swim away they don't freak out they don't even pay any attention to people and you know people just kind of do their thing yeah these fish did seem distressed that i
0: was there i'm sure people You're do disrupting it in their lessons yeah yeah i was, i, I a monkey wrench in fifth period but there are other people obviously walking, they were just ignoring it. And, you know, it is what it is. Right. But I was looking down. They would definitely like scramble to swim around me. I was definitely in all in their space. And there were thousands of them. They were just everywhere. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the swordfish looking thing seemed to look at me. Like, he like, he like swam past and I was like looking up at me like, but maybe he's used to people <laughs> being around there. I wasn't used to being in a spot with little swordfish things with the pointy, sharp noses coming at me. Like, oh, yeah, like, I don't know what that is. Maybe he was- Maybe he was the school security guard. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> an eye on you. Or maybe they voted in their seat to arm the teachers. And he was a teacher with his weapon defending. <laughs> right. Yeah, every every every
1: every teacher got like a, a sword attached to their face. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. They had to have surgery to put a little sword in their face. I wasn't with it, but it's for the experience, right? I had to go kayaking and that was free. So that was part of the all inclusive resort. I, did some kayaking. I'm cool in the kayak. I just don't, don't let me walking around swimming around there, especially as news breaks of shark attacks and Rockaway. If there's shark attacks and Rockaway, what's going on in Cancun? I don't want to know what's out there.
1: (laughs) True, 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 true.
0: You know, but yeah, like you said, be vigilant, be careful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So speaking of being careful in New York, (laughs) say it again. I said, speaking of swarms and attacks in New York, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or being careful, or not being careful enough. What is this guy's name? Let's try to pronounce this. Kai Senat, Sinat? Sinat?
1: Your guess is as good as mine. I, uh, Kai is the the only thing that I know. I don't know the last how to know the last name. So Kai, Kai Sinat. It sounds
0: like a breed of fish. It does. It it sure does. Kai fish, koi fish. So Kai Sinat. He's a twitcher apparently meaning he plays video games online he live streams video games and I guess he's some kind of influencer as a result of his twitching
1: yeah this guy has a massive massive following um and he'd been doing it for years he didn't really super pop until he jumped on Twitch I think it was in 2020 um but uh, on Twitch he's amassed uh like uh he's amassed six and a half million followers on wow. um uh, on tick tock he's got like seven million followers and that doesn't include his YouTube channel which I don't know how many followers are on there but he's yeah he's he's pretty
0: big he's got a lot of people he's huge mm. well he decided to do a PlayStation giveaway at Union Square on Friday afternoon See, this is the st- stuff I miss when I'm out of the country. Aww. I could have gotten a free PlayStation, apparently. Or you could have got mobbed, <laughs> or I could have gotten arrested. <laughs>
2: More like well, mob than the police. Uh, the yeah, right.
0: It seems between five thousand to six thousand people descended upon Union Square for this PlayStation giveaway, and at least sixty-six people were arrested, including Kai Senat. Senat whatever, however you pronounce it, for inciting a riot. Now, on the ABC News article, there's a lawyer quoted as saying that he doesn't think that the charges will stick against this particular influencer. But the idea here is he knew the following he had, and what could have happened as a result of announcing this. Apparently they did it before, but it wasn't quite to this degree. Maybe he didn't have as much influence at the time. Um, they're saying that he should have taken more precautions, you know, notify the police department at least four days in advance. So barricades could be put up. So proper precautions could be made. He didn't do that. I guess he just announced it and all hell broke loose. So Mm -hmm. there you go. It looks like he's being charged with a felony as well as Misdemeanors, no. but according to ABC, it says legal experts believe the felony charge won't stick, and the misdemeanor charges have about a ten percent chance of sticking.
2: Like,
1: wouldn't it just be like neg- negligence, um, some some type of negligence just for not recognizing like his following and the influence that he'd have on people, other than something that's that's um directly like a of a, of a vicious nature, like.
0: I think yeah well I don't right so from what they're saying officials didn't think that he intended for anything terrible to happen I think he thought he was going to gather a crowd and it was going to be a PR stunt he was going to give away his PlayStation but they're saying that again there's a difference between negligence and neck and recklessness I think they're saying that he Mm -hmm. knew that this could happen given his influence and he consciously disregarded a substantial risk of it happening so he you know, the idea is he said to himself, yeah, maybe a riot will break out, but I'm going to roll the dice on that. that.
1: That would be very difficult to prove unless he actually said yeah. something like that. You know what I mean?
0: Well, yeah. I think it's just kind of being imputed on him, given the size of his following. But in his defense, what his team is saying is that they've done things like this before without incident. So it would be right. one thing if he were to do it again. And I think that might be the distinction here. He may get away with this. But if he goes and does the same thing again next year or in a couple of months, especially if his following keeps growing, then it's kind of h- harder to defend, right? Because now you know okay. the consequences of it.
2: But, but right? when acts come into New York City, do they have uh any information on the the celebrity or, uh a person such as himself, uh how many people might follow him? Um do we need c- crowd control? So well, who is they?
0: You do like people showing up?
2: Right. I mean, to me, it seems like um, him giving that event, um, somewhere, someone, the ball was dropped because not enough information was um, given to find out, or uh, I would say researched, to find out if they needed crowd control or not, especially with young people.
0: Well no, uh, you know, the idea was time- that they, they weren't put on notice, they weren't given enough notice. You're talking about the authorities, they weren't given enough notice. This was kind of what that happened. was the whole critique of him, what he did. He just announced it, and everyone just showed up, apparently.
1: Right. And a lot of a lot of times, I mean with these these Twitch streamers and um or YouTube creators or influencers, I mean, a lot of times these are people who just um you know they have these followings and they're not setting out to do like a massive event they're just you know doing something for the followers and it it blows into something like this like it's not that they're intending to amass thousands of people um and so like you said he's done something like this before and um you know a lot of actually a lot of streamers and, and these content creators do things like this. they have they have lots of money that flow in they're young they got lots of money and it just keeps coming in um constantly so they give right. they do a lot of giveaways or they just do money like apparently this uh, Kai gave um money to medical bills to uh, uh I think it was a six-year-old followers uh, of his oh. uh, paid for some of their medical bills and this was intended not just one PlayStation but multiple PlayStations and other electronics it said um, I think it's just more. Maybe he
0: should have known, but right. And it, also, so let's not forget he is not acting alone. He's got a whole team. So right. So yeah, looks like it's just one guy playing on Twitch or what have you. But he's got a PR team. You know, he's got lawyers. Right. I mean, this is becoming a, a brand. Uh, and, oh, yeah, he's and, he's a brand uh, now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, yes.
0: Yeah. I just looked up the law on inciting to riot in new york which is a misdemeanor class a misdemeanor a person is guilty of inciting to riot when he urges 10 or more persons to engage in tumultuous and violent conduct of a kind likely to create public alarm so it's a little little iffy right because i'm sure he didn't say you guys should get violent but the idea is that what he did was done knowing that that would result from his action
1: but does he, the, did he know that though, that they were going to like uh, right. devolve into a riot? Or did he just imagine that there's going to be a lot of people out there hanging out while, you know, partying, right. not right. actually rioting and doing? Because I think, I think they, some people even attacked cops or something like yeah. that. Like, yeah. kind of crazy. And it is
0: true. How could you charge him with knowing that people would erupt in that kind of violence?
2: But see, that's my point. Someone knew he was coming. How did everyone? He, knew, how
0: how if, right? Who,
2: who who knew he was coming to that in that area? Look at where the area too. Uh, well, you got he's
1: got, he's got he's got multiple millions of followers on on various platforms. So when he announced the giveaway, he put that out on all his socials. So it went out to millions of people.
0: Right, right. They probably but, came right away. Right. I mean, you can put it out and people start showing up in five ten minutes.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he right. planned ahead of time and, and put, like, oh, I'm going to be here this day, come in come this time, or if it was a, a flash mob type of situation. Um, so you're but, saying
2: no one in New York City was notified that he was coming?
1: He, he did was, not notify the authorities, no. But, authorities, no. Authorities, no. Other
2: than the authorities not knowing, who knew he was coming? Somebody had Follow- to know.
1: His followers knew. And well, if he it, they knew and then they showed up. Right. I mean, you. I, I don't know if you're, you're trying to say, like, the authorities should have known since it went out to millions of people.
2: I think, yeah, somebody should have been alerted in some way.
0: But that's that's what the knock is on him. Right. That he didn't plan ahead. He didn't and he didn't let the authorities know what was going on. So then they could have uh, planned to put the resources there, to set up barricades, to direct traffic and, you know, to assign people that location what i i wonder if,
1: which if what she was saying and, and i'm now i'm asking the same question too is that since you know they said what like five six thousand people showed up um he sent it out to millions of people so you know people knew why didn't the police pick up on it even if he didn't connect contact them directly why didn't why weren't they aware that this was gonna go out Because obviously millions of people now
0: right but if it happened spontaneously i mean how far in advance did he announce it uh in the chat looks is like saying he put it out the day before but even
1: if even if it was spontaneous still five six thousand people found it um the police wouldn't you know how wouldn't the police
0: catch that they could catch it I, i'm sure they did but they didn't plan for it right? So. Right they've got to determine where to send their people on that day throughout the city. Yeah. You can have different, you know, precincts barring officers potentially from other precincts. It's it's a coordination effort that has to happen. And that was part of the criticism as well, that he really wasted police resources by doing that. And it required a big police presence to to handle this. And as a result, police were not handling other things they could have been handling around the city
1: right yeah so yeah and and on the other side we have to we have to um recognize or acknowledge that obviously some people went there with the intent of of just wiling out and, and doing something crazy like whatever his intent might have been to to give away to give back to his followers and this and that wow. um it probably wasn't to cause a riot we don't know but probably not but some some people obviously went there with that intent in mind to to while out, or they got caught up in the the fury of, of so much activity and energy going around. They just started going crazy.
0: Well, the riot is a felony in New York. We said he was charged with a felony as well as misdemeanors. The inciting the riot, actually the misdemeanor, the riot itself is a felony, and um, that one requires 10 or more people. And um, a person is engaging in bellicose and destructive conduct purposely, or with intentional disregard for substantial risk, they bring about or almost certain to bring about a public panic. And during that conduct, one of the rioters destroys personal property or harms a person's physical health, unless they are one of the rioters. So I guess if they harm the <laughs> harm or another rioter itself it doesn't count or a person who is in jail or prison well, this doesn't this doesn't apply jail or prison so yeah. the first one 10 or more people engaging in destructive conduct and this is the key also purposefully or with intentional disregard for substantial risk they bring about or are almost certain to bring about a public panic and so that's what they're saying that it was the intentional disregard for the substantial risk that's recklessness not just negligence and um, basically he knew what he was doing by initiating this because of the size of his following um by announcing the playstation giveaway it was certain or near certain to cause this panic right where people going crazy over this playstation um as we said and if you- it, it's you know it's iffy as to whether this would actually stick because yeah. right was that his intention and and you know how sure are we that he consciously disregarded a risk of this happening i mean right. maybe he thought it was going to be all peaceful should mm-hmm. you think that that's going to cause a riot i mean shouldn't people be expected to behave in a more civilized manner just because the playstation it? is being offered as a prize does, does that mean that a riot is inevitable but what
2: yeah. caused the riot was it not having just, the playstation
1: <laughs> According to well, at least uh, according to Lix in the chat, that the the rioting and stuff um, broke out before they were even able to give the stuff away. So I guess he didn't even give get the chance to give it away because the crowd got out of control.
0: Right. Okay. I think if they were trying to get closer to it, like was he saying, I, you know, I want to hear from you guys, like make noise if you want the PlayStation. Were they trying to get his attention, trying to get closer to where he was at, you know, yeah. and that could have been part of it as well. Right. We don't know. At least yes. I don't know right now what he was saying to the crowd. Maybe he was directing them to behave in a way which mm-hmm. is certain to cause mm-hmm. rioting. Or it was just,
1: you know, you get a bunch of people together and sometimes and right. out happens. And, Gosh, you know,
0: again, though, sometimes while not happens, does that meet the standard of felony riot or misdemeanor no. inciting to riot? I mean, where no. is that? Just because you're an influencer and you have followers means that you know no. that a riot is going to break out, or just because you, you're giving out prizes, where do you draw that line? Where, where we're saying something we so. now that riot is, is about to go down?
2: I think um, because when I look at the riots of old, they, that was when people were inciting it. He didn't incite his his. Well, image he is being is charged bad.
0: with that, though. They're yeah, saying he's inciting the riot.
2: charged with that. Yeah. He didn't throw a brick. He didn't. Well, no, but inci- inciting. But
0: right those are two different he things, didn't right? People
2: to go out to. Huh?
0: Inciting the riot is not rioting, right? Inciting the riot is causing people to riot.
2: Right, but he didn't yeah. do that. That's that's what I'm saying.
1: Well, arguably, right? That's what they're gonna. I guess they're that's gonna, gonna
0: the be charged. Yeah.
1: I guess they're going to be trying to figure that out in court if they can put that on if it even and
0: goes that far i mean this the stuff might get dropped
1: right i mean some five six thousand people damage attack to some, some cops they're going to be looking to pin I something mean, on somebody five six thousand people
0: well we got a double, to some they're going to be looking to print oh that you still okay yeah um i'm gonna echo from you yeah what i was gonna say is 66 people were arrested and so i'm sure that charges are more likely to stick on people who are actually doing violent things people throwing right cars whatever they were doing that's going to be more chargeable right so according to,
1: to this other article that i was reading about it um the most the person who received the most serious charges was this guy robert seesums uh and he's 31. So that kind of goes against uh, uh what was going on in chat, talking about the youth not knowing how to behave. Um so he was charged with assaulting five police officers. He bit, spit, and kicked five officers in the face, causing <laughs> severe bleeding, wow. gashes, and lacerations after hey. the police responded to him behaving disorderly on an MTA
0: bus. There you go, right there. He bit, right? We just said that earlier. You're <laughs> all gonna be bitten by a New Yorker than a shark. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So, so, I mean, those
1: are some pretty, I mean, that's outright attacking police officers. Um, yeah. And another person was charged with, um, oh, you just did a full a full thing and I lost my place here, um, uh, was charged with obstructing governmental administration and resisting arrest. Uh, he was re- charged with, uh, someone else was just, what, charged with disorderly conduct because prosecutors say he danced on a taxi cab and, uh, and resisted arrest. Um, and another was charged with punching an officer during his arrest. So there's, uh, yeah, well, there's a lot of stuff that
0: went on there. What you're looking at on the screen actually is the shark bite victim. Thank you to PJ for sending that along. I actually saw this oh, earlier also. This wasn't the New Yorker biting <laughs> someone. This was at the shark's dirty work. Right. So you can see a big piece of her leg was bitten off there.
1: Yeah, that's 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 kind of graphic there Mike. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that the the it sounds to me like the the charges against these individuals would or at least some of these individuals, especially ones that that blatantly uh attacked police officers, those are going to definitely stick.
2: Yeah, they will. Yeah.
1: Well, I always I always just on a side note I, it always is funny to me that there's an actual charge called a resisting arrest because like anyone naturally is going to resist being uh you know detained like maybe you should be renamed to something <laughs> harsher like you're putting me you're putting me in handcuffs and you're about to lock me up like anyone's natural inclination is to resist that. How do you charge people with resisting arrest? It's just, it's kind of (laughs) crazy.
0: Yeah. Maybe it should be changed to, I don't know, fighting back or something. Well, yeah, I mean, you should fight back. Like, I mean. Physically, I don't think that's advisable. No. um, It's not
1: advisable, but I mean, at some point, especially when you look at police brutality, especially depending on if uh, you're a, a certain minority, um you could be looking at your last days with this arrest and you that goes through your mind so you're gonna want to fight back. you're gonna try to preserve life um so you're gonna want to but yeah you, it could end you, up making these things worse against you at that point yeah. but i mean still um what we got here in the chat oh yeah yeah like so we we uh we saw that what is that uh the the Alabama riverfront brawl
0: Uh, oh yeah and she also I think she tagged me in the comment that's why we got the echo before I was trying to pull up the Ah, comment but Uh, we'll see what happened to to happens to Kai
1: um again I think your point like if he gets you know nothing happens if they drop everything on this first one um which you know mm-hmm. it can be go either way but if he does this again and doesn't get the proper or doesn't reach out to authorities and, and let that be known like right. then i think it's yeah. definitely much more of a, a a way to stick it to him say oh, you knew this was a possibility you might not have known it was going to happen just a but
0: possibility you... but a high likelihood but right. it's also interesting to think about other influencers not just him because this is a big news story now and we saw what happened we're all talking about it and so someone else with millions of followers they should take those precautions too because i could definitely see that being used against them you know if this one guy gets away with it someone else might not get away with it because they be like you're aware of the consequences you've seen it in action already Uh
1: right that's a that's a very good point um all influencers at this point especially those with significant followings Doing something like this should kind of be on notice. And I think right. oftentimes uh-huh. influencers don't recognize the power that they have. Um, because you can amass these millions of followers and never see them, never really interact with them on the scale that it is a million followers. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. for example. Right. Yeah, so Taylor yeah. Swift to go out on stage and she'll see like, you know, 50,000 people in the audience, so she's used to seeing that. She'll wow. walk in the street and she's used to seeing that. But these some of these influencers and content creators, they don't get that. So they can be disconnected a little right. bit from how many people
0: are actually that's, a million That's followers. funny. Yeah, no, and I actually to a much smaller degree. I felt some of that when I was in a public, you know, I'm a candidate for office. My name's in the paper all the time and all these people know me. My life didn't feel much different on a day by day basis, right? You're still getting up, you're brushing your teeth, you're getting your breakfast, you're doing what you always did. You feel like an anonymous person like you were yesterday or last week, even though you're really not. Now you're in the public spotlight. You're a public figure now. All People are looking at you and paying attention to you. It's kind of yeah. weird, right, when you're in that because you don't feel any different than you just felt when you were completely private the, the day before. And so right. it is hard to adjust to that, right, to that knowledge of everyone paying attention because it's like, you know, you're just going about your business like you otherwise would. And it's it's right.
1: an odd thing. And when it's over the internet, there is a, a disconnect from it being, from, from the real life oh. uh, effects of it. And yeah. so, you know, I think, A lot of influencers don't recognize that um, when they have these massive, massive audiences.
0: Shout out to Tina, Lorraine, Elixa, PJ, James, everyone joining us in the chat. We really appreciate it. We saw uh, Jack, I think it's one of my old classmates from junior high school and high school, Danny. So nice. What's up to him? We really appreciate it. We want to wrap up pretty quickly, but we do want to talk about our polls from weeks prior that we put yes. out there. And then we had one more topic and the subsequent poll question for the next week. So let's get into it, Jay. I know you had two poll questions that you put on. What was it daily cost? Is that how you pronounce it?
1: I always say daily codes, but okay. um, yeah, we were kind of two weeks behind on on polls. We didn't get to talk, to, talk about the polls for the last two weeks. So um, I put both of those up and out just on our YouTube and also on on different places and and daily codes. But um, so the first one we was the should drunk drivers who kill parents be responsible for child support? Or Actually, no, that wasn't the first one. The first one was should legacy admissions be allowed in college admissions. Um, And so, as we talked about not last week, but the week before that, um, in the wake of affirmative action being banned on college admissions, now The education department or Department of Education has launched an investigation into uh, Harvard's university policies on legacy admissions. Um, So uh, we put the poll out there and we got. 14 percent said, yes, legacy admissions should be allowed in college admissions. 77 percent said no. And nine percent said not sure uh, on that there. Um, Uh So. I think the majority of people agree, no, it shouldn't be. Um, And then some people brought up what we talked about before is that basically it'd be hard to determine this um, in a court case. Because there's not it's not really written into the rules or the policy that legacy admissions happen. Right. So we have to kind of prove that this is an actual practice that's been going on. And it's right. backed by the university and not like, say, whoever the recruiter is themselves. And I
0: don't think it would be too difficult to prove that it's happening. But even if you can prove it's happening, then what? I mean, a court could say you have to stop it and they can keep doing it, just calling it something uh-huh. else, trying right, trying to uh-huh. disguise it because, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where they're just giving preference to certain people. Maybe it's not on paper necessarily, but they're still doing it. Yeah. right I think and, and we talked about that like a,
1: a way to to kind of uh back up the claims that this was being done as a matter of of just this culture in that in the, in that university yeah. is to look at look at history of admissions and see how it's been applied see what right. their their right. stuff is I mean George yeah. w Bush but went to Harvard <laughs> and Yale and he was a C student. So we know he didn't get in on his merits and his grades. And his father mm-hmm. was an alum, right? Of Yale. Right. His father his and I think father, his grandfather, yeah. too, Prescott was also an alum. So. Right.
0: That was a skull and bones. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, we had some, there was a, a lot of comments, uh, good discussion that was taking place in here. Um, one person was like, it'd be nice if my kids could go to my alma mater, alma mater, um, this is a problem because they're they unfairly taking up places that could go to someone more deserving. Uh, right. So he said they sees the argument of people wanting their kids to go to their alma
0: mater, but he doesn't like it. And I'm question also. That. No, no, and that's very honest, right? Uh-huh. It's that's a good comment. The question also right. though, is, if you're going to challenge this from a legal perspective, what are you going to? base your arguments on. I mean, we saw with the affirmative action case, that was the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment and the Civil Rights Uh Act, right? But that was really about race. And we talked about a higher constitutional standard that must be met when you're discriminating using race as a factor. When you're talking about legacy emissions, now you're discriminating on the basis of someone being uh, a descendant of an alumnus. That gets a very low bar that gets rational basis review. So it's very deferential to the people set in this policy, right? Um, we also talked about the difference between the a private school and a public school, right? If it's a public school, then you do have the constitution more readily at play. If it's a private school, it gets a little more tricky because the constitution doesn't apply directly, but when there's public money involved, sometimes it does. And then you also have the Civil Rights Act, which does apply towards public schools. But again, it's easier to bring a case when you're talking about race on its face. When you're talking about legacy emissions, it gets harder now to attack it from a legal, like what do you but get the it, argument it, on? It. You could but, look at the disparate impact. But, we talked about that last week also, right? Whenever we, we mentioned it, we talked about I, how even with legacy but, emissions, race comes into, into it, but it's just not as direct. Go ahead.
2: Right. Cause I was going to say, when you look at the legacy, um, in these colleges, it has been predominantly,
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and that's white why male, white male. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. a distinction. Yeah.
1: We to make sure it's white male because right. a lot of benefactors of affirmative action were white women. to so right, Make yeah. sure that it's white male. And that's, that's why
0: you're seeing the Justice Department, for example. I, was it? I think it's Education Department, but it's the federal right. government going and pursuing this. And they're saying, listen, you colleges now are not allowed to do affirmative action as you were doing it, but here's something you might want to look at. You might want to look at curbing these legacy admissions because that has an effect also on the diversity. Uh-huh. Of the campus. Uh-huh. But the, the point here though, is that it matters a lot as far as the law is concerned, whether you're facially discriminating or not. Right. Whether right. your policy is we're looking at race and using that as a factor or whether you're, you're saying and you might not even be really saying this, but whether you're looking at legacy and you're looking at family lineage and lineage and who went there and whatnot. Yeah, sure. That is going to have those racial effects. But on its face, you're not saying we're choosing based on race. And that creates a different legal analysis, which is more deferential to the schools. So it's harder yeah, to challenge. Yeah.
1: And someone in the co- comment also uh, on the poll addressed that um, uh, issue that you brought up that we talked about be- between public and private. And yeah. their take that um, p- private colleges, if you know, they're saying they, they receive very little or zero taxpayer money, so they should be allowed to admit anyone they want for whatever reason. Our public colleges and universities that receive taxpayer funds they should forbid legacy admissions or any type of admission that's isn't openly
0: fair and available to all candidates. Well, how uh, much do you, you think Harvard is subsidized? Because Harvard was one of the schools oh, in yeah. the affirmative action case. It, but,
2: OK, but is it a land-grant school?
0: A land-grant school?
2: Mm-hmm. What is that? That's um, when land is given to uh, college.
0: Oh, a land-grant. Land land,
2: right. Grant. Right.
0: So you're saying, is it is the school built on public land? Or right. was it given yeah. to yes. the college? That I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I do because believe it's heavily subsidized. I don't think it's true that a school like Harvard gets no subsidies on the government.
2: Right. That's my point. Uh, uh, in some way, are they getting
0: uh, subsidized uh, subsidies? And that wasn't you know, uh, and how- when I read that affirmative action case. It was a couple hundred pages. It didn't really, as far as I can recall, it didn't go into detail on why they were applying the 14th Amendment. They did mention in the beginning that this was brought via the 14th Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause, and the Civil Rights Act. But then when they did their analysis, they really focused heavily on the 14th Amendment, Equal Protection part of it, and they applied that seemingly to both Harvard and UNC. So they were applying the constitutional provision to the private school and the public school, right? which leads me to think that Harvard is heavily subsidized by the government, which is why they're comfortable applying the Constitution to it well here here is from
1: from harvard's um own finance page on the endowment um like this i like it even with with endowment support harvard must fund nearly two-thirds of its operating expenses which was 5.4 billion in fiscal year 2022 Uh, From other sources, such as federal and non-federal research grants, student tuitions and fees and gifts from alumni, parents and friends. So Mm -hmm. they do, at least grant wise, they do take in some federal money. Right.
2: And was that federal money brought in due to affirmative action?
1: Um, it's it sounded like grants. I don't have the details on it, but well, the they grants, probably apply for whatever the, grants are available, and who yeah. knows what the grants could be, right? They could be grants right. for maybe diversity grants. They could be exactly. Right. You know,
0: what like about that. tax breaks? Are there tax breaks that yeah. these private institutions use because they're providing a public service, an educational facility? It's uh, a good question. Uh, yeah,
2: it's, it's that's, you know this. That uh, that move with the Supreme Court, it's opened up a lot of discussions. Because uh, right. right. the discussion we're having here, it's opened up a lot of uh, things to be discussed.
0: Right, because there's here a we go, here we go. It applies this to
2: is,
1: areas. Yeah, this is uh, also from Harvard's uh, page. The question on their on this uh, frequently asked questions is: Is Harvard University a tax exempt organization? And the answer was president and fellows of Harvard College is exempt from federal income tax as an educational institution under Section 501C of the IRS or, or the Internal Revenue Code. Uh, as an educational institution, Harvard is also exempt from Massachusetts state income tax.
2: Right. It's a 501. Yeah, because it's a nonprofit. It's, it's considered a nonprofit, the colleges and universities.
0: Right. But, but that's, that's also an interesting made, point in itself, though, because. Right. Every nonprofit, every 501c3 would enjoy that, right? That tax subsidy, if you want to call it that, all those tax breaks. But, right. but it would it you be able to apply... But hold on a second. Would you be able to apply the constitutional provisions to every nonprofit? I don't think so. I don't, th- I don't think that... No, it depends. Okay. Freedom it depends. of speech, that doesn't apply to every nonprofit, right? 14th right. Amendment doesn't but apply to every nonprofit. It depends more on than a, that. It, right,
2: but it depends on the 501 what the the 501c what that number is behind it too right so it depends on that too so that's another research to be done
0: mm-hmm. yeah it was C
2: c3 yeah yeah not only c threes, you have 501c4 right four right but you he was saying different... that,
0: that this is a c3 this is a c3 yeah.
2: harvard is a c3
0: yes Oh, well. Is Harvard a C3 or is it some kind of other foundation associated with Harvard? Uh,
1: well, this is this is on their their tax page. Um, 501 C. Well, see. Harvard itself. It says President and Fellows of
0: Harvard College is exempt from federal income tax. President and, and of Fellows education. of Harvard College. So that's a, that's a different group. That's not the school itself. Right.
1: Um unless that's what the the full name of the college is. I don't think so. I think I think it's a group of the presidents and fellows of the school. I think it's a separate group. Wait one moment. I'm I'm at the website right now. I'm I'm on the website right now, the harvard.edu and at the very bottom it says copyright 2023 the president and fellows of harvard college. Right, but that might
0: be that's the group their, that puts absolutely. together that website. That doesn't mean that's the name of the school,
1: right? I don't know, but it, it could be. Maybe that's their operating name. Well, yeah, I mean, let me put in, let me put a lot in of the
0: right, well, the bottom line is, is no pun intended. The bottom, the bottom line, line is, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I know that a lot of these private schools in Harvard is no exception are heavily subsidized by the government, and there are different ways that they do it. They could have different. Well, I, I looked it up, it. right?
2: Harvard. Yeah. I looked it up. Harvard University is registered as a five hundred one c three nonprofit organization. With the IRS.
0: So Harvard itself is also a 501 C three.
2: Yes. Right. That's and just so what, I mean, um you know who else gets away with that? Uh the National Football League. They're registered as a five oh one C three. Right. What? Really? Yes. Come on.
0: Look at that. <laughs> yes. Come on. The teams, they, the teams, no. are, not, right? the teams are prof are for profit, right?
2: Right. But the, the, organization, could, but the organization itself. <laughs> Is right. Organization
0: is not. See, yeah. there are that. See, and they're different. They maneuver that this. Just, that
1: sounds like a game to me. Come on, it's all a game. That's all a game, you know. Anyway, so, so that was that was the results on that yeah. poll. Maybe we should go on to the next one. Yeah. Uh, the next poll was what we talked about last week. Uh, it's regarding the the Texas law that was enacted, Texas law uh, HB three nine three, also known as Bentley's Law. Uh, which um, will hold drunk drivers accountable for the deaths of parents killed in accidents that they caused. And so the poll that we put up was, should drunk drivers who kill parents be responsible for uh, the child support? And in the poll, we got 63% said yes, 11% said no, and 27% said, I'm not sure.
0: That's a lot for a third, almost a third yeah. of respondents, I guess a little more than a quarter to say, not sure on any question right as uh, polarized yeah. as we are today as opinionated as everyone is today you would expect right. people to be like hell yes or hell no to have yeah. that many say they're not sure is pretty telling right yeah
1: um and so there was a pretty lengthy um discussion uh on this and it brought up some of the points that we also brought up uh as far as you know The effect, the ability of of the person to pay or um, should everyone, should everyone around them be be taken into uh, account as far as uh, punishment? Um, Why is it limited to only
0: driving, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. What about any time you kill a parent? And by the way, we were focusing on accidents. What if it's not an accident? What if someone straight up murders someone's parent? Why right. should they not be responsible for child support, but the drunk driver who accidentally does it is?
1: So so here and here was there was a, a point that was brought up in here. Um, this person said the problem with this type of law is that it carries the potential to punish those who did not commit the crime. Imagine explaining to a kid that they can't go to college or remain in their home because something their mom or dad did. Um mm-hmm. So I guess because the the parent is paying out this money, they don't have money to pay their rent or send their kids to college. But then it also brings into like, you know, how how are you prioritizing their family over the family that they took? So that you know makes a made for a is it
0: prioritizing? Is that the way to look at it, or are you just punishing other people? Are you creating more victims? Right.
2: And see, that's what's in our discussion, too. It's going to be detrimental to both, you know, it's detrimental for the loss. It's too, It's like losses all over. There's no win in this. As they're Yeah, saying. but if,
1: if they're not held accountable, then the ultimate loss rests on the child who lost their but parents.
0: Why, why are we right, assuming then, that uh, to hold them accountable means they got to pay child support? I mean, if they're sent to prison, is that not holding them accountable?
1: Well, in this, it was regarding this law, uh, child support is a part of that. Now we have to take in. We have to also acknowledge, though, according to the law, it's not that they're going to be, you know, paying, you know, their whole paycheck out. Uh, the judge is supposed to consider factors like the child's financial and educational needs, their physical and emotional condition, the standard of living the child's accustomed to, the resources and needs of the surviving parent, and the financial resources of the offender. So. That doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to break financially break the the person if their their financial resources are taken into account when the judge decides how much they have to pay. So right,
2: but what about the yeah? But that's good. In that's good in one aspect, but what about when that salary is not enough, or the the ins- the insurance is not enough? Well, we would.
1: Ideally, you, you the, the to, judge would take that And I have, have to constantly
2: pay, find, I have to get a second job to pay
0: that. It seems like you're opening a door to a concept now that was supposed to be limited to your own children, right? Like you pay child support for your own children. Now you're saying uh-huh. you pay child support for someone else's children because of a crime that you committed on someone's parents. And it's starting off with just one context, but is it fair to only keep it to that one context or is it going to be opened up to everything and we're just going to say when you commit a crime and by the way where do you draw that line i mean is it just going to be if any yeah. any, any behavior that you engage in that's again that's unlawful that results in someone's death if they're a parent you're on the hook for child support is that where this is going you know it, I it mean, is mean an expansion of our idea of what child support is i i, I get that but i
1: also get I get the motivation behind it because if you've killed their parent because of your negligence and the choices that you made, you've impacted that person, that child's life for the rest of their life. They're they're not going to have their parent for the rest of their life, and that means every situation, every experience mm-hmm. that could have happened. That means their 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 mental well being. That could be their career well being. Their their life. They could be bouncing around from different
0: place to place. Right. So I, I get but the what motivation it was- behind. It yeah no certainly i I certainly Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. but what if it was phrased differently what if it wasn't put as child support what if it was just restitution and it wasn't responsible every year or every month or however they're going to structure this what if it's just you have to pay them a lump sum right then and there and maybe you if you don't have that money you you have to come up with a payment plan and you're paying it as time Uh goes on but there's just a judgment against you at the outset as opposed to you being Basically, a supporter of this child until he turned eighteen, right, right. Um, and I mean,
1: they're calling it the child support law, but it's basically uh, paying restitution to support the victim, right. uh, minor right. children. So right. it is so kind so of, of that. I think about that
0: last time, though, right? That's not a new concept in law. In criminal right. context, you do see restitution sometimes applied. So if it was framed that way, would it be controversial at all? I mean, we probably wouldn't be talking about it. Right. So and someone
1: actually in the comments uh of the of the poll mentioned something like that saying that uh where is it? Uh that there seem that it's not uncommon for uh offenders to have to pay restitution um in many states.
0: Um I wonder what the psychological effect would be on that child to think now that basically you're being supported financially by the killer of your parent i mean would that be detrimental yeah. to them mm. that's like that's your sugar daddy now that's that's the person who's taking care of you i mean do you want them in, in your life that long i'm yeah. serious
1: they don't, don't have, I don't, they have I don't, to associate with them anymore i don't think you'd have to associate with them that that would just be probably an agency but they're paying you
0: child support though as, as if they're your fault mm-hmm. I mean, that's what child support is is right that's how we understand it in our society something that you, you pay okay. to your own children. That's like, that's your new father now, in a sense. Like, why should they get mm-hmm. to be your new father? I don't know if I'd go that far and say new father, but... They're paying your child but support. I
2: get what you're saying, yeah. You know, yeah. You yeah. might he do something psychologically
0: to them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, all right. We to want want ask our new poll question before we wrap up. And this is going to be based yeah. on toll prices going up, right? I know, Shiba, you sent an article about a trucking company filing for bankruptcy, right? And the Teamsters are heavily involved in this one. And I think you said 30,000 mm-hmm. people losing their jobs.
2: Yeah, yellow trucking. Yep.
0: So let's talk about this because we've covered congestion pricing on this show and we know that it's going to take effect and obviously it's going to be a lot pricier to drive around New York city, certainly around Manhattan and so-called congested areas. Is that going to be a problem for people? I mean, you see these trucking companies go out of business at, you know, and, and you could attribute that to a number of factors that maybe only increased tolls, but I'm sure it is a factor and certainly a concern of many. And so, We wanted to get people's thoughts on that. Now that this is becoming a reality, is it going to affect your driving habits, right? Or do you think it's going to affect your bottom line? Is it going to change your behavior in any way? What is it going to mean for you? Um, Is it a concern? Are we afraid that other companies might go out of business? I know Uber and Lyft were were dealing with this one as well, talking about the surcharge and people are trying to lobby for carve-outs and there's been a lot of pushback on that. So what's going to happen here, right? What are the ramifications to our own lives and to these different companies our our whole economy. What's going to happen? You know, that's it's, it's of what we, we weighed. We weighed that. We, we talked about that as well. Like, this is
1: like, how do you determine that? Like, who gets the exemption? Um, and what if you got to go in more than once that day? You know, I know I, know I was conscious when I was living in uh, Valley Stream. I was conscious of having to go into Manhattan because, you know, Toll of the the fee the ticket fee is significantly higher than just jumping on the subway when you're jumping on Mm -hmm. the LIRR and so imagine having to drive one or two imagine let's say you're in Williamsburg and you're just right across the bridge and you know where it's like a 10-minute drive like you could theoretically go into Manhattan like two or three times a day like that's a significant expense now
2: yeah
0: so right and i always make this point too in south queens in particular we talked about the cross bay bridge and we've always said that it wasn't fair to toll drivers to go from queens to queens and uh, that stifled our economic activity right it's been a real problem for us for many years and people have been fighting this for decades well i think we have to keep that same energy we've got to be consistent here when we talk about what's going on in manhattan if we're saying it's not fair to charge drivers to go from Queens to Queens, because it's an intra borough toll, then we have to be consistent and say, it's also not fair to charge drivers to drive within Manhattan. I think it's, you know, right. maybe not quite the same because it's Manhattan versus Queens, but still, right? It's an intra borough toll. And I think it does stifle economic yeah. growth. I mean, I think it's gonna be counterproductive. My, my my view on this is it's, you know, it's actually going to be a detriment to our economy. And, and it's regressive, right? Because it harms people who really shouldn't be harmed? I mean, who can't afford to to pay more tolls and taxes at this point?
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talked about uh, it was another what was it a couple of weeks back or a month back that uh, the poll came out that what was it more than fifty percent of New Yorkers can't afford right uh, their they expenses and yeah. so now they're going to have an
0: extra expense on top of that. Right. Unless you take the view that it's going to modify a lot of people's behavior and they're just not going to drive anymore because that's really one of the driving forces behind this, right? We want, they're saying, we want to get people out of their cars and if it's prohibitively expensive, it's, you know, basically it's a luxury. I mean, to me, even if that is your goal, I don't think this is the right approach because you're basically saying people can still do it if if they can afford to. So if they have a lot of money and they're privileged, you know, it's like, you know, they've got the luxury to do it, but everyone else who, who doesn't have that privilege now has to suffer. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, but but you know, but is it? I mean, maybe maybe that's the poll question we should ask. Is it going to personally affect your own behavior? So we we get a sense of that. Are people not going to drive as much or do they feel they have no choice? Right. Again, South Queens, we're a very unique neighborhood. We do rely on cars much more than some other places. And I see this. Online all the time, and it drives me crazy. People will say, Well, New York City is very walkable. You don't need a car here. Yeah, if you're in Manhattan, if you're in certain parts of Brooklyn, but talk right. about Staten Island, talk about the Rockaways, talk about Howard Beach, talk about how poor right. a lot of our public transit is. We fight for the Queens Rail, still fighting for it, right? We're so behind the times on a lot of our infrastructure. And in the meantime, yeah, the way our neighborhoods are set up, you kind of have to drive many people and not you know not everyone but many people have to drive to get around depending on situation their circumstance where their job is etc you know it's just an inevitability of our neighborhoods and now you're making it so much more difficult in terms of the prices the the tolls is it going to make people not drive or are they going to still say i don't have a choice because of where i live and because my circumstances is just going to make it you know unaffordable for me to live here
1: yeah Yeah. and 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 i think it's already it's not it's not a good time really it's never a good time for this but you're looking at the situation where um was it a good portion of buildings are are becoming empty in manhattan um, starting with the pandemic and because of prices have increased um and people are doing remote work and people are leaving the city because it's getting too cost prohibitive Um, and then add this on top of it i don't think it's going to Farewell
0: for the economy in Manhattan. That's just the economy in Manhattan. It's all of New York City, right? It's really the right. like whole New York area. But it, right. I'm yeah. concerned about people who live in Queens, who live in the so-called outer boroughs, right. who have to drive. Right. And um, what does it do to them? And it's just it's not right. easy unless you're going to create more attractive public transportation. It's really not easy for people to just say, I'm not, not going to drive anymore. I'm just going to start taking the subway or taking a bus, you know, take, right. taking a train. We don't have that infrastructure the way we need, need it. We need much better. Right. Before we can start. And, right. and again, use the carrot method, not the stick method. Right. We should be incentivizing right. alternatives instead of punishing behavior that we deem undesirable. Right. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. So here are, here's the poll question of the week. Now, I see it was on the tip of my tongue. When I lost it. I think I said it before. Oh, is, is, is it going to affect your own personal behavior, right? Is that what we're, we're going with this? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is it going to something about Is it going to make you, you to drive, drive less. less? Is
0: that what we're going to say? Drive less? We, we, we can go with that one.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So the poll question of the week is Are increased toll prices going to make you personally drive less?
1: I think that's a that's a good one, because actually in the chat right now, uh, Lixa said that she doesn't drive as much now. Hmm. So um, well, Lixa, I'm
0: interested to hear about how your lifestyle has changed or what, what that. This mm-hmm. has meant for you. So you don't drive as much, meaning you're taking more public transit. Are you staying home more? I mean, ah. if you are taking more public transit. Is it is it easy? Is it doable? I mean, what is it? What does it mean for your day? Are you commuting more? You know what is it actually doing to your lifestyle
1: it looks like in her situation she said she's remote um so i guess it could have been a a, a job uh situation change right Uh, but she said when she did work in manhattan she took the train uh traffic and parking is horrible in manhattan which is absolutely true (laughs) yeah Yeah. so i mean yeah so this is what i
0: want to hear from people right about how it affects their own personal lives
1: right yeah. How do we you know what do you are you gonna make any changes? Do you feel like you're forced to make any changes? Have you had to make some changes already? Right,
0: right. And what does this mean for your bottom line? If you're still driving mm-hmm. in but your expenses are gonna go up and what are you cutting? I mean, it does it mean you eat out less? Do you do you have to do yeah. less grocery shopping? I and mean, you know, where are your savings gonna come from?
2: So yeah. right what about the cabs? What about when you get hailed? you know, with a cab? That's a double fare, isn't it? Because not only are you paying the cab to go downtown um do you pick up say if they pass that certain part uh street going into uh, downtown in manhattan who picks that cost up the customer or the cab driver
0: yeah that's
1: gonna pass on to the customer you know they're gonna pass it on to the customer because here's here's a and, and i say that because if you like i used to live in valley stream and yeah. so when i would fly back into new york i would uh take a taxi from JFK to Valley Stream. Well, you know JFK is in Queens, Valley Stream is right there on the border, it's on the Long Island side. Uh-huh. And so there would be an a jump in the taxi in there, but to cross that that border, there'd be an extra charge for crossing into, into what- Long Island. And that would be put on on to me as the the rider, as the passenger. So I imagine they're going to do the same thing with with this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's
2: going to be horrible because if it's like $15,
0: $20. Yeah, imagine yeah. that. <laughs> and you know what? It's like so much of our economic base in the city is in Manhattan. I mean, people need to do business in Manhattan. Yeah. It's the way our city is set up. And now you're punishing people for getting there. I mean, I know people are going to say, well, don't drive. The easier said than done for so many people. Yeah it is it's easier
1: said than done. And and listen we 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 know that you know even though um transportation in New York City is not perfect um a lot of people do get around without having a vehicle at all. So it's possible but it can be very inconvenient and it can right, take But it,
0: it also depends on where you live. And you know look right. I've got friends in South Queens, right? Rockaways, how I preach who don't have a car. Most most people do. I've got friends right. who don't, and they'll say, "Well, I live in New York City. I don't need a car." That's right. what they say. That's what they but say, they, right? But but mean, here's the thing: how many times are they asking me for rides? Very right. frequently, right? And they're like, "Well, I got to get to the grocery store. You're coming over. Can you drop me off? Can you take me here? Can you take me there?" So they don't need cars themselves, but they use other people's cars, <laughs> right?
1: Right. Yeah. And 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 that's that's you know that's true. Like um, either the, either if they want like you said the the carrot and the stick method instead of a punitive type of approach maybe they need to start looking at the way that things are being developed if they want less cars on the road make neighborhoods a little bit more walkable um so that you know grocery stores are in or within right. a, a reasonable walkable right. range or whatever they need to get to or was, you better know better bus service better train service better train service like i mean we know train service is generally decided um aimed at getting people into manhattan instead of getting in people in between boroughs right and so mm-hmm. you've got to take right. longer routes just to go from certain parts of queens to certain parts of brooklyn
0: right. when it could have just been a straight line right so right exactly yeah that's the queen's rail right there queen's link mm-hmm. so we gotta go <laughs> yeah <laughs> we gotta go let's let's do a bottom line someone give me a bottom line
2: no talent. I'm um, talent,
1: I call you talent. Tip, uh Jay. <laughs> me, bottom line of me. Yeah. Um yeah. let's see. The bottom line. Uh, what did we talk about today? I'd say let's let's go off this this part here. The bottom line is uh and going back to uh a point that you've made multiple times here, and we've talked about as far as using this carrot uh yeah. and a stick method instead of a punitive mm-hmm. approach, and look at how things affect people uh, you know, in, in the community and, and the, the citizenry before we make these sorts of uh decisions and these new rules that are put in place. We understand that things are very complex, very difficult as far as managing, especially something on the scale of New York City or even just any city uh-huh. in general. But we also have to look at how it's gonna affect the people instead of affect what the numbers look like. And we have to make decisions that are based on. Uh, Real-world consequences versus, uh, you know, Excel spreadsheets. Right. So, you know, oh, let's yeah. make better choices in in that regard. Something that makes people's lives easier instead of something that puts a burden on people's lives that they have to tolerate just
0: to survive. Right. And oh. to add on to that, sometimes their numbers aren't what they appear to be.
2: That's, that's true. That's true.
0: So. That's very I true. We'll look wow. at the financial implications of this all, but yeah, we are just in hearing the real life implications. So let us <laughs> hear your stories, guy.
1: Yes, um, and you can do that by going to our YouTube channel, Nuance Show. When this goes goes live on there, give us your stories in the comments. That would be awesome, so we can hear um, how these things affect you. um Also, we are on uh instagram you can send messages you can post responses there and then if you're in the podcast which i hope that you are then you can uh subscribe on any of the podcast platforms uh you know spotify apple music uh, i think even iheart is on there but also youtube podcast so uh get in there get involved let us know what's going on with you and uh have a good have a good week sounds you good
0: one last look at the balcony before we wrap this up let's, let's do it
1: <laughs> oh, oh you're trying you're trying to rub uh, it in on
0: us though. yeah right <laughs> i mean it's my last night here
1: yeah let's go i'm, got, I'm gonna have to go to the beach so i can uh, compete
2: i was gonna say in that case don't forget the souvenirs <laughs> yeah
0: right oh, yeah. right that's right look at that
2: Uh,
1: i think everyone in new york is going to be expecting like i don't know empanadas from you when you get back
0: i told you this is a very americanized resort so maybe a hamburger (laughs) (laughs) i'll take it right (laughs) thank you for joining us as always we've got work to do next week i'll be back in new york